Hey guys, welcome back to my podcast in a monologue with me, Olivia Neal. Um, I do I say that as a sort of every podcast. Every time I say that, I'm like, did I say that last week? Like, I don't know if that's like a thing that I say, but anyway, I've said it now. Welcome to the back to the podcast. Today we're gonna be speaking about just like big life changes. I feel like I'm going through some life changes at the minute. But by the time you're hearing this, I will have tits, new tits, who dis? Um, getting a boob job and also getting cancer removed from my arm. That's quite a big life change. I'm going to be telling you about how I'm going to Cannes Film Festival on a bit of a lighter note. Uh, I'm also going to be like telling you a fucking like traumatic experience I went through. So enjoy. So I've had quite a quiet week this week. I've been quite a peace with myself. I've literally been waking up at like 6am, going to the gym. I've been vlogging again, which is so not me. Like I stopped doing YouTube for a long time. I actually think I mentioned on the podcast last week that Amelia Dims from Chicken Shop came up to me and was like, you should really start YouTubing again. And I was like, you know what? No one's actually said that to me. Like, I I always knew I should. You know, it's like something you feel guilty about. It's like, you know, when you like keep saying to yourself, you're going to go start back at the gym, you're going to start eating healthy and you don't do it. And you just kind of like always like have that like... Like, you're like, oh, I really should do that, but I don't, I'm not going to. And you always feel a bit guilty. Like, that was, like, me with YouTube. I was like, oh, I really should start again. Like, there's not really any reason not to start. Like, before I was like, oh, like, I basically live with my boyfriend. Like, I don't want to have him in the videos. Like, I'm never alone, and I like being alone when I'm videoing. Um, But we've been broken up for a good five months now, so there's not really any excuse for that. Um, So I, it was just something I kept putting off, and I had this, like, complex in my head where I, I just couldn't, I couldn't start it. That is apparently an ADHD <laughs> symptom. Not a symptom, like trait. I also not that self-diagnosing. I would love to, to someday get tested for it because there's more and more every day. There are more and more things that happen and, and like people like tell me that I've got it. But like, you know, apparently it's an ADHD thing when like, you know, you have a task to do, but you just cannot fucking make yourself do it. Me with YouTube. Except this week, right? I basically, usually I've got like quite a, like, a fair few things on in a week I've got like events or I've got people to see my friends Edie and Millie who I went to LA with are really like not party girls but they always have plans like people are always giving them plans I don't really get plans that much like I always just tag along wherever they're going but they're still in LA they stayed out there I had to come home for my hear that it's the sound of someone whacking the ground with a rake specifically they're beating around the bush which we've done enough of in this ad too, so let's get right to it. The new Moneymaker scratch-off from the Ohio Lottery doesn't beat around the bush. Money Maker. Play the game and you could win money, up to $2 million. With more than $88 million in prizes, ranging from $50 to $500, Moneymaker cuts right to the cash. Lottery players are subject to Ohio laws and commission regulations. Play responsibly doctor's appointment so there's so I don't have them in London at the minute and apart, apart from that everything's been really really quiet and I didn't have any like work things I've obviously I had my podcast to do but that was literally it for the entire week I had one podcast scheduled and I don't think I have like started a week with that little to do ever so I've literally been able to just choose what I do with my days and I've I decided like why not vlog like I'm completely on my own here I've got nothing to do so I can just like sit and chat to the camera because it honestly like if you have a private story, a Snapchat private story, and you're ever really, really bored, do you ever like to like put up a really long story, like tell a story time, just because it feels like fucking like, like you're, it feels like you're speaking to someone, like it just feels like a bit of company. And I was feeling really lonely, so that's what I did. I started vlogging, and I've been having a really, really good time doing it. I've literally vlogged every single day, and I'm gonna just start posting like daily vlogs. Well, I am getting a boob job on Saturday. The next podcast that you hear 
Actually, by the time that you're listening to this, I will be in recovery from my boob job. But the next podcast you hear, I'm gonna like be telling you everything about it. Um, but that's in like a few days time, so I'm I'm really quite nervous for it. But um, I, I feel like after that, maybe I won't be vlogging as much because I will be bedridden. Apparently, apparently you're bedbound for like a week, no, like two weeks, I think, or maybe a week. But I have it in my head, like I had this complex that like I'm gonna get my tits done, and then two days later. We run in a marathon or something. I have it in my head that that's gonna happen. We'll see. Um, my mum actually ran the marathon on Sunday. That's something I can update you on. I went to see her run the marathon. It was an emotional time. Honestly, don't know how people do it. Like I was watching, like I was I sat there watching the marathon with my family. It was a rainy day in London, and we were just like walking all around London, like to different points to like cheer people on. And I was just stood there, like, why the fuck? Like, why do people do this? <laughs> like, if you really, really deep it, like. Where who are we running from and why are we running? Like twenty six miles. That's fucked up. Saw so Mofara though. That was pretty cool. Love Mofara. But yeah, I had a quiet week today. Today was a bit of a not not like I, before. I was very much zen. Like the first couple of days of the week, I was feeling very zen, very peaceful, really productive, and I was productive kind of today. Um, but basically, I've been angry today. I'm not even gonna get fully into why. You could probably take a fucking wild guess. Why? Think long and hard. Why? Who gets me riled up? Yeah, him. Anyway, um, so angry. Like, I've never done this before. But I screamed in my car. And you know what? I <laughs> actually released some tension. I basically had to, like, make a decision today whether or not I wanted to be the mature person and leave a situation I'm in a situation where I could uh, well I'm I'm angry and I'm being fucked over and I could explode and I could take everyone down with me and it would probably make me super super happy to do that and it would give me a lot of satisfaction and I don't want to see this person happy like I can't be like oh I'll just remove myself from the situation like wish you the best I I that's what I'm choosing to do. Oh my God, guys. And I wasn't going to. I, I, I rang my friend and I was like, listen, I'm in this situation. I'm so fuming. I'm shaking with anger. I just screamed in my car. I've been hitting my steering wheel. What the fuck is that about? Like, that is not me. I'm not an angry person. I don't think. Well, today I am. Anyway, I was like, I want to explode. Like, I want to take everyone down with me. And she was like, no, because then he's winning again. Like, you need to remove yourself from the situation. Like, leave that problem to other people and go and be happy because the other option of blowing up is not going to do what you think it's going to do for you and I'm taking that advice on board and I'm really being the bigger person here and it's really fucking difficult but I actually am like I don't know I feel like things have been this is the stupidest thing ever and you're going to be like Olivia stop being so dramatic but I feel like I speak about this every week, like, get over it. You've got cancer, okay? But when I got diagnosed with cancer, also, like, you know what? Let me fucking milk it, not milk it. (laughs) It just actually did affect me, kind of. Like, it kind of, like, put things into perspective. And I know it's not, like, I'm so fucking lucky because I've got a very, very non-aggressive or, like, um, fatal cancer. So I'm very lucky, but... No matter what, if you're ever sat in the doctor's office and the doctor tells you, no, I didn't even sit, and I got a fucking email. Anyway, no matter what, if you're ever told you have cancer, your mind goes places and it's 
just a bit shocking and like obviously now I'm completely fine with it and like I'm so not upset about it but initially it was just like whoa like I'm I've I've just been like I don't know I just I just felt like I just put things into perspective and I was just like I, I don't know do you, do you know what I mean it was quite a big life change for me like I literally three days later I was like fuck it I'm getting a boob job like I've always wanted one I've always wanted to have small titties like I'm obviously flat chested no I when I say small titties like I want a boob job to give myself little cute little small boobs why the fuck would I not like what if this cancer spreads and then I die and I die with no boobs that'd be fucking disastrous are you picking up what I'm putting down? So then also, today, when I was getting so angry over a f- stupid fucking boy, I really had to, like, like when my friend was, like, speaking to me on the phone, being like, you need to be the bigger person. I was like, you know what? So true. Like, I've got one life here. Cancer's trying to take me down. I'm not going to let stupid fucking boy try to take me down. I'm going to be the bigger person here. I'm going to go live my life. And things are really, like... I, I this is something I always I keep having to do recently because like I think a lot of people we we often feel sorry for ourselves and we're like oh like my life's so shit and like obviously I don't think it's it's a nice thing to be like how can you complain or how can you be sad when you have it so much better than others because like well I've, I've seen a, like a lot of like celebrities or like influencers like they always people complain all the time don't they like people always think their life is so bad and it's like people have it so much worse than you like how can you be fucking complaining and sitting there complaining when you're so privileged and like you don't even like recognize your privilege because like i i do see other people like complain a lot and like i'm like i, w- I want to be you like how are you fucking complaining right now and i'm sure people say the same thing about me so like sometimes when i'm like feeling really sorry for myself I have to sit there and be like you have an amazing life like shut up like you're so privileged and I have to remind myself of all the good things in my life because I'm like I'm not gonna sit here and be like oh my life's so shit because like could be so much worse and I have really exciting things coming up so I keep reminding myself of that and I'm just like I'm gonna have tits in two weeks I mean I'm gonna have tits in two days but like I feel like I'm not gonna actually be able to see them and I have to sit there like if you're ever feeling like down you can sit there and dwell in how shit you think your life is or you can sit yourself and remind yourself of how good it is and like things like it really helps me it was helping me today I also was doing some breathing exercises and that was helping too but yeah that was my fucking angry little day and it ruined my drive here which I'm so pissed off about because if you know me you know that's my favorite time of day is driving to Spotify I play all my favorite songs I sing I chat to myself I have a great time and it ruined my drive here and then it started torrential raining and I was like your life is amazing, your life is good, you have a family and friends. <laughs> that was my drive here. Um, but, you know, a little blip in a fantastic week, a fantastic week of feeling zen, going to the gym. I've developed, like, some gym crushes, which has really, really helped with my motivation to go to the gym. And, like, now, like, I've sort of, like, I don't know, I just love it. Like, there's just the time I've been going recently there's just so many hot men and I'm just having a great it's like made made me love going to the gym honestly like I'm in my crush era I'm just having crushes on everyone and it's so fun like it's making me feel like a little schoolgirl again would recommend having a crush era like I'm I by no means want to ever I'm fucking traumatized 
by relationships I don't think I ever want a relationship again I think the next boyfriend I have will be my husband because I'm never fucking doing this again I honestly like I th- I think I need therapy about this fucking relationship like my friends my friends well I don't this is like a big thing to put on someone but like I had a big conversation with them about the whole thing and they were like you need like you need just no contact and I was like it I I can't I probably can I could probably hit the fucking block button but I actually can't I can't I do it for like a day and they're like oh I'm blocking because he has to say something to me and it's just so fucking stupid and like they they literally like you're trauma bonded and I'm like what does that actually mean trauma bonding I see that everywhere at the minute like all over TikTok social media like this thing called trauma bonding I'm gonna look it up and find out the definition to it because I'm interested to see like if this is like a term that's just being thrown around really loosely and it's actually quite a serious thing so it's basically saying that trauma bonding occurs when you form an unhealthy connection and attachment to the person who was abusing you i was not abused okay so i'm gonna say right here and not i'm not trauma bonded to this man i'm just a fucking stupid little bitch who cannot get over someone the thing is i can't like he's like i was in a really really good place like i was like not really thinking about him like I was having fun, I was living my life, and then he rings me up and is, like, begging to see me, and that's when I can't say no. Like, I'm not, I I can easily not ring him or not contact him. I'm actually getting really fucking good at that, but my problem is I can't not reply. I can't say no. That's when I find it really difficult. So I'm working on that, um, but I'm really self-aware, which is really important, and I know that it's a terrible, terrible situation, and now my like I've had a big pep talk about how I need to just leave the situation because he's actually winning by making me this sad and angry about this whole thing. Like he's like that's what he wants. That's what my friend told me anyway. I don't think that's true. <laughs> he's a lovely guy. He would never make me angry on purpose. Um, joking. Anyway, um, so I'm gonna be the bigger person and try doing no contact wish me luck we'll see how it goes um i'll keep you updated how many times have we had this conversation me and you of me saying this like you're probably rolling your eyes right now i mean like oh olivia but like guys it's fucking hard summer's coming up how excited are we what trips do we have planned? Let me tell you what trips I have planned. Um, I'm going to the south of France in a few weeks, which I am, I, I cannot wait for it. I'm so fucking excited. I'm going to the Cannes Film Festival. Hello? What is the Cannes? I'm trying to think, what's the difference between Cannes and Venice Film Festival? Is Venice Film Festival a thing? I don't know, but I just feel like that's like the biggest event that I will ever go to. To me that like it goes like Cannes Film Festival and then like the Met Gala like they're like the two biggest like red carpets for me maybe that's like a a delusional thing for me like maybe I just made up that fact in my head you know when you like have those like facts in your head that like aren't actually true but it's just this like this thing like this this thought um so I could be completely wrong but to me that feels like one of the biggest events I'll ever do like I'm I'm going on the red carpet (laughs) and I'm going with the brand and they're custom making me a dress what the fuck i'm so excited i can't wait like it's the one thing not the one thing keeping me going what the fuck that's sounding really like dark but um it is just something that like i think it's really important to have things to look forward to my whole life i always like i've always thought that like you always every time it got to like 
February and I was feeling a bit down in school, I'd get out the fucking countdown app on my phone and I would put in the date that I was going on my family holiday and I would look at that countdown app every single day because I would get so excited. Like having something to look forward to is just amazing. Anyway, so that's my um my trip, my next trip plan. I mean it is a work trip, it's not like a holiday holiday. I don't have any actual holiday holidays planned, but um that's my next trip and I cannot wait. Also, by that point, I'm gonna have boobs. And it's gonna be like so I'm going I think three weeks after maybe yeah three weeks after I get my boob job um so it's probably going to be my debut of my new boobs on Cannes Film Festival red carpet can you believe it that's not real um what a great debut to have I'm just so excited there's a lot of like I mean that's quite it's quite a big change I think it's going to really change I don't know I don't want to put too much pressure on the whole boob job thing because a lot of people sent me messages like about their experiences with boob jobs and they were basically like if you're really really self-conscious and like you hate yourself it's not going to change that like getting boobs is not going to change that like that's something you need to work on like not just by getting a boob job and I so that's why I'm like quite like hesitant to put too much pressure on it and not that it's gonna like make me like all of a sudden like be the happiest person ever and like love myself so much like I know that's not gonna happen but honestly like I think my chest especially when it comes to summer and wearing certain clothing um it definitely is like one of my biggest insecurities so to have that fixed will be great I'm not expecting it to fucking rock my world but it, to me it's a big change um I think a bigger change will probably be my surgery I get when I get my cancer taken out. I'm going to be left with, like, a really big fucking scar. Like, all my, like, really visible as well. Like, fully, like, if you're watching me right now, like, that. It's literally going to be that big. Um, So that's going to be fucking grim. That's, like, quite a big change. I, I've never had um, a big scar before. Like, I've never had, like, a surgery like that before. I'm I'm not really looking forward to that. So if anyone's got any tips on how to get rid of big scars, then please let me know. Because I'm going to have a huge one. I don't care about the, the scars I'm going to have for my boob job because I'm going to have boobs. So the scars feel like a little, like, minuscule negative to that whole situation. Whereas, the I mean, there's a positive when it comes to the big scar on my arm because I'm, there's not going to be any cancer in there anymore. But... Ugh why me do you know what I mean like I anyway can't complain because I'm going to Cannes Film Festival and I have a family and two cats (laughs) this is me all day today don't be angry Olivia because you have a brilliant electric (laughs) porch I love my car so much I've been really like appreciated I've been driving everywhere recently for no reason like the thing about my car is like, okay, if I had a diesel car or a petrol car and I was sitting here when I, I drive, even if it's like two minutes down to the shop or like I just love dri- going on late night drives for no reason with no destination, then I would understand if you guys were like, oh, this that feels a bit wrong for the environment. But because my car is electric, it has no negative impact on the earth if I just drive aimlessly and I've been doing it. I take the long way home from the gym now like I will literally like like refuse to put my destination on ways just so I can try to find my way home because I love driving so much and I've been listening to the most bizarre music ever not bizarre because it's really actually quite popular but like um for example my favorite song at the minute is slut me out 
I've gone from listening to only like female rappers who talk about like you no. Know, I, I remember I said that when I was doing my twelve three thirty in the gym, I would listen to like Megan The Stallion, and it would make me feel really like just like a girl boss, like a sexy woman. And that's I feel like that's like what most of her songs are about. Um, I've now gone from that to listening to like really really derogatory like demeaning music made by like male rappers who just talk about girls as if they're like a vessel for their willies. <laughs> I don't know why, right? And I, I've i been putting my seat really low down, like to the point that like probably like you're not allowed to do that. I put one leg up because I used to always see Americans do this. So I obviously learned how to drive a manual car. So you need to have both hands like you need one on the gear stick and one on the wheel um and i used to always see americans in youtube videos and they'd have like like one hand like like not really doing anything and their leg would be up and their foot would be up in the seat like their left foot would be up in the seat and i was like fuck that is so cool like how how, how are they doing that or no it's not even that it's like with a manual car you need both feet you need a foot on the clutch and a foot on the brake and the accelerator whereas in in an automatic car you only need one foot to drive so you can do whatever the fuck you want with your other foot i mean most of the time it's i just keep it down there because that's what feels natural but i usually i i flash back to seeing these americans with their like foot up in the seat and i was like fuck like doing that so i've been sitting really low on my seat i've been putting my foot up i've been putting the window down a little bit putting my elbow out like out in the window sometimes i'll even hang dangle my hand outside the car and listening to slut me out by nla chopper i don't know why i've just been and it makes me feel like like a fuck boy and i feel so confident doing it and i think that must be how, how fuck boys feel and Honestly, I don't fucking blame them. Like, I might get, like, a snapback and start wearing, like, a snapback as well. Or it just feels like something I should... Maybe I'll put on a pair of sunglasses. But it's my favourite pastime at the minute. It's just driving around like that, listening to horrible, horrible music. And it's filling me with a lot of joy. So that's that's my update for you. (laughs) That's my coping mechanism as of lately. Okay, so obviously... I've been thinking about like moments of my life that are, are, have been life changing, like ahead of my boob job, my cancer diagnosis. <laughs> I've just been like, wow, like shit's really been happening recently. Like I was just trying to think back in my life, like what else has been like, like I, I <laughs> would I call this little skin cancer life changing? I think it will be because of my big score. And I know it's like scores aren't life changing. Like it's just a physical thing, but like, well, both things, like having a big scar and having boobs, I think will actually, it will, like, it will be life-changing. Like, I'm going to look back at this time of my life and be like, wow, a lot of shit happened to your body back then, girl. So, um, I've just been thinking about, like, what else in my life has, has actually, like, ch- like rocked my world. Like, what is something that I will always remember? Well, something that I always think, like, that had the biggest snowball effect of my life was like well my life was at a point where it could have gone completely differently remember when I bought a house in Belfast um I moved to London for a couple years and then was like oh like I I, I think it was only a year I lived in London and it was during lockdown and I didn't like really make any like many friends I didn't because obviously it was lockdown so I just like I never really found like a a, a large group of people so London felt quite lonely because London can feel lonely like it's like any big city there's so many people and if you don't have like a big group of people or if you don't have like 
just like anything to do, then you feel, I don't know, you feel a bit like FOMO, but like, I don't know. I don't know how to explain it. I just like wasn't really like, it wasn't, I wasn't really enjoying it. I hadn't seen London properly either. I was just only really going to like Oxford Street. That's like all I really did. Like I just, I didn't know all the little like nooks and crannies. So I was like, fuck this. I'm moving back home. I want to be with my family. I want to be with my boyfriend at the time. So I, I actually bought a house, which is so like, in, like the amount of money that I bought a house for, a four, I bought a four bedroom house. Fuck, I don't even know what you could buy in London with the amount of money that I spent on that four bedroom house. Maybe if you're really lucky, a one bed flat, like maybe like southeast London, like the the price difference is crazy. You get a lot more bang for your buck out in Northern Ireland, I'll tell you that. If you're ever looking to buy property, maybe you should go over there. Um but anyway, yeah, I did that which was a crazy moment for me. Like I was I was nineteen. I was nineteen when I, I did that. That is so girl boss of me. But anyway, fully like moved all my furniture in, like I was kind of set on it. And then I met a group of people and started hanging out with them and they were all from London which was like different for me because anyone I'd ever met like in London like wasn't actually from there so we were all kind of like it's not outsiders but you know what I mean like no one really no one really like knew how to like show me around and then I met this group of people who were all from London and they showed me around and I had a great like summer with them and it made me like really really love London and like really opened my eyes to like what life in London could be like um so I was like, fuck this, like, I don't want to move back to Belfast. I maybe not want to move back to Belfast. So I started renting out my house and I got a flat in London. I started mo- living on my own. And I was like, Jesus, if I hadn't have done that, I honestly, if I hadn't have done that and I had just moved back to Belfast, I would probably have a dog. I'd maybe even be fucking like pregnant. Like what, what would I be doing? I'd probably be pregnant. I'd probably do like a Molly May and be pregnant, wouldn't I? Because like, what else would I be doing in Belfast? Like no, no one really I know lives there anymore. I've got two friends there. I would have. I would still probably be with my boyfriend. We would have. Yeah, we'd probably have two dogs and a baby on the way or something. But instead, I was like, I just met. I just happened to meet this group of people, and they just like changed my mind completely about London, and I ended up living here for the rest of time. I can't ever see myself moving from here. I can't. I understand when people live in America. Like I was kind of like, oh, like LA is kind of nice. Like imagine just waking up every morning and it just being sunny, like guaranteed sun. I could definitely do that, but I will never move to. I will never move to America. It's just too far. I couldn't ever bring myself to do it. Um, but it's the only place in the world I think I would move is America. Australia is way too far down for the question. If if Australia was Norway, I would a hundred percent be living there. But I don't know if I I could ever move. I think I'll always live in London. I just love it so much. Um, and it's also like I wouldn't have this podcast because like what? Am I gonna fucking fly over from Belfast every week to record this podcast? No, like. My life would be so different if I had moved back home. Just a thought. Um, but I wanted to ask you guys, like, what are some life-changing moments for you? Like, what is something that's really, like, snowball-affected your life? So I asked you on my Instagram story. Let's see what you're saying. Someone said, my mental glow-up after my first breakup. Staying on theme. I would say this is probably... <sighs> I feel really bad if any of my ex like I, I I hope no one no boys listen to this podcast but like if my ex has ever listened to this like I am sorry because I like, love you guys <laughs> thank you for 
our experiences together but I honestly think that like my last relationship I don't know I say it was my first proper proper relationship you know like it's all my other relationships I was like 18 19 like I don't know if I was actually capable of being in a mature relationship like I would say my last one was a proper one but am I just saying that because it was the most traumatic one and it was the one with like the most like drama in it Maybe. Maybe I just love the drama. But anyway, I would say, like, well, this is the first breakup that's really hit me hard. Um, the rest, you know, I shed my tears, but I was very much over it within, like, a couple months. Um, I do think it does teach you a lot. Like, I, it definitely has affected my life now. I'm not going to fucking let it affect my life forever. Like, it's not a life-changing moment. Like, fuck that. Like, it's just a brick. It's just a boy, you know? No, like, no offense to boys but it has definitely taught me a lot of things and I think breakups are really good for that because it can like it 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 can give you a mental glow up like it kind of has like not matured me I would definitely not say I'm I'm quite there like I'm not I wouldn't describe myself as emotionally mature just yet because I'm still just a little whingy bitch um but for example made a decision today to be a mature person in a situation when although I might not want to be and I think that it might give me a lot of satisfaction to not be the mature person in this situation I made that decision and I think in the long term that'll be a really really important life lesson (laughs) um but yeah no I I do think it's the the mental glow up is is important um let's not let breakups be life-changing though because we're too much of bad bitches for that Okay, someone said I stopped caring what everyone thinks. I do think that's really, really great. Like, I, that is a life-changing moment, to be honest. I mean, in some ways, I can relate. Like, I definitely, I'm not going to sit here and be like, I don't care what anyone thinks about me. Like, I think I really do, actually. I think I do seek validation off, like, people I don't know on the internet. Like, I love you guys. And when you, like, when you compliment me, like, I'm like, oh, but, like, if you insult me, like, it ruins my day, and at the end of the day, like, I have to realise that, like, the only people that I should really, oh, no, this is, this is that feels mean to you, though, because, like, me being like, I don't care what you think, because we don't know each other on a personal level, like, in, in real life, well, fuck, we know each other on a personal level, you know everything about me, but, like, I, I do think I, I should only really care what, the people like in my close like my, in my like my family like I should care what my family think about me and I should care what my best friends think about me but otherwise I can't fucking run myself in trying to please everyone and like try to like care so much what other people are thinking about me do you know what I mean but I don't know I just feel like maybe because of the amount of stuff that I've shared on the internet and how much you actually know about me it makes like your opinion on me feel really valid like when you give me advice like I really take it on board like when you guys send me messages and shit like I actually like I really care what you have to say and maybe that's just because you know so much about me like there's other influencers I'm sure that like don't really like tell their audience like this much about their personal life so then like people can't really comment on it and it's kind of surface level criticism or appreciation that they get so it doesn't really affect them that much whereas like when you give me some criticism I take it on board um I would say, to a certain extent, the reason I started doing YouTube was, like, that took a lot of courage, me ever posting my first YouTube video. Like, I was so terrified of what people would say. Not not the internet. I didn't care what the fucking... I didn't care what the internet would say at that point. Like, that was not even on my radar. I didn't think anyone was going to see it on the internet. It was more that people in school, and, like, I did get a bit of shit for it. 
but I must have had a, like a moment I don't even remember like like thinking like fuck it but I must have had a moment just thought like I don't care what people think about me like this is what I want to do like I want to post a YouTube video so I'm gonna post it that's not well this is the thing I obviously I obviously cared but I just like wasn't as scared I was just like I'm just gonna have to get over it um there's like some like gossip sites and stuff on online and there's like stuff about me like people like bitch about me all day every day on this and there was definitely times of my life when I would care more about what these random anonymous people not even like like you guys like I like if you send me a message like I could probably find out everything about you do you know what I mean like I like because I get it on Instagram but this is like anonymous accounts and I would like care more about what these anonymous accounts were saying about me and by the way it's never anything nice it's always horrible stuff and like people would like make up rumors about me on there and like just accuse me of all sorts of things and I would like base my happiness on what they were saying about me and like based my self-worth I cared so much what were they thinking probably I cared more about what these people were saying about me than I would care about my own mum texting me saying like oh I think this is really cool what you've done like congratulations like I wouldn't that wouldn't even fucking phase me like I wouldn't be like oh that's nice I only cared what these people were like these horrible things people were saying about me were and that was like actually at a really low point of my life, like my own self-image and shit like that. It wasn't even that long ago. I mean, there's definitely like phases that I go through and it's almost like I know what I'm going to find when I look up this kind of stuff. And like when I go to read it, like I don't do it anymore. It's been like probably like six months since I've looked it up, my name up on that thing. But um, I know what I'm going to find and I know I'm going to find people talking shit about me and I actually kind of used to use it like as a way like to like fuel my self-hatred like it was genuinely like it was like a like a self-inflicted like I it was like I was trying to like harm myself by reading this stuff really actually kind of dark when you think about it but then I got out of that phase of like trying to like I, I would genuinely scour the internet trying to find people's saying horrible stuff about me and I, I wouldn't sit there and cry I would literally just like read it and read it and read it and it's all I would fucking take in and like, I remember my ex used to like see me like sat, sat on it and be like Olivia what the fuck are you doing like why are you reading that stuff about yourself and I'd be like like it was like a fucking drug so weird and like then I would like move to like Twitter and like start searching my name on Twitter and like trying to find people to talk about me on Twitter. Like, no one speaks about me on Twitter. Like, I don't know what I was... Like, that's how desperate I was to find people, like, talking about me. Read every single comment. Like, look at my name on TikTok, like, all the time. Like, so fucking weird. I just cared so much about what other people thought about me. But it wasn't even, like, in a way that I really... Yeah, I think... Yeah, I don't know. But I'm not in that phase anymore. And I think that that has changed my life so much positively. Like not checking what people are saying about me and not caring so much about what people are saying like what but the thing is I do care I still care what people like think about me um but more I care more about what you guys think about me and like what my friends think about me than like random people who hate me like I don't care what haters think about me because haters gonna hate Hi guys, it's me from the future. I'm basically doing the edit for this episode and I just wanted to come on and give a quick trigger warning because I kind of forgot to while I was recording this. But in the next 10 minutes, I chat about an experience I had involving abortion, which can be a very sensitive subject 
for listeners so feel free to skip over this bit or end the episode and wait for friday's mini monologue where we can catch up but yeah love you so much and just wanted to give a quick warning i also feel like sometimes when i discuss quite serious things that happen to me in my life i use like humor as a way to not cope with it but you know what i mean like you've you've seen me discuss heavy matters in my life and I always use humor to like cope with it which can also just be like not nice to hear for some people so yeah um I'm sorry if I came across insensitive and I just wanted to give a quick trigger warning for anyone listening love you so much okay bye okay someone else said having an abortion I've like never even spoken about this before and I don't know why I haven't spoken about it I remember I actually went to I was with another like I had a different like manager I was with another management at this point like my manager is like my fucking ride or die I love her so much but um she left like the company I was at and then I got like a like a random like a temporary manager and eventually I left that company to be with my manager as well really long so it doesn't really matter but anyway I had this manager for a, a temporary one and I remember I was like going to do a podcast and I'd just been through something I'd been through an abortion I actually wanted to talk about it and she was like no I don't think you should and ever since that I've been like oh my god like I can't speak about that like that's a really bad thing to speak about and, you know like I guess it's a touchy subject but also fuck that like no it's not and it should be like normalized and we should be able to speak about it so that's why I'm like, fuck it, I'm going to, like, like someone's actually... The thing is, no one's ever asked me before on my podcast, or, like, no one's ever, like, brought up abortion on my podcast, so it wouldn't be me just, like, all of a sudden, like, telling you this whole story about me getting one, but um, someone's actually just said it now, and I'm just like, I think it's, like, important to speak about, and, like, I shouldn't feel... I did, I felt ashamed. I was like, I felt like it was like really something I can't speak about when that person, when that woman said that to me. It's so funny how like someone can just say one thing to you and then you, you think like it's a shameful thing to say, but I'm so open about it IRL. Like I tell, like I talk about it all the time, like my friends, my family and stuff. And yeah, I'm, I'm not something I'm going to shy away from, but I had an abortion. Um, I was on the pill at the time as well. So something got fucked up. I the thing is it's like well if you're listening to this and you're pro-life I'm sorry like I know you should respect everyone's decisions but fuck off like I'm not gonna be like okay like everyone's entitled to their own opinion like women are allowed their own choice that it's their fucking bodies they can do what they want with it I will not respect you your view if you're pro-life I'll if that will make you hit me then so be it but like I used to get so angry I remember I was in school and um beside my bus stop there was this like group of pro-lifers. I don't even want to call them pro-lifers. I want to call them anti-choicers because they're they're not like oh they don't care about the life of the woman. They don't care if the woman would get de- like massive depression after having given birth to a baby that they didn't want and then like ended up like committing suicide. They don't care about that. They just care about not. They care about taking away the choice from the woman. I think anyway. Um, I used to get so angry because there was like there's a group of them that would like sit and try rally like beside my fucking bus stop at school and I was like get a life like why do you care so much about this fucking clump of cells I don't know anyway really always been very much against it since I was like 12 years old I think it's something my mum drilled into me that like everyone should have complete access to whatever they want to do with to their own bodies and shouldn't let like it's always it's always men it was always men at my bus stop all these like these little old white men screaming that women shouldn't have any access okay whatever anyway moving on I was, yeah, on on the pill and I, 
why did I even it was so weird I remember I was like watching TikToks and I'm not a baby person I was also like I was 19 20 no I think I was 20 so I was not at a point in my life where I was ready to have a child in any way um I'm still I was still a child myself I think I might have been 19 I don't know anyway I remember I was watching TikToks and I was like scroll scrolling like and the baby one came up and I'm not a baby person like I don't like babies I've haven't I haven't got to a broody point of my life I mean there's sometimes I'm like oh it's kind of cute like when they're wearing cute little outfits or like that but babies I'm just like ugh and this baby TikTok came up and I was like oh I was like shit I'm fucking pregnant aren't I I just knew straight away I was like there's no way I just found a fucking TikTok of a baby cute I must be pregnant took a test alas but the thing is like I didn't know because um I, I don't I didn't get my period I was on the pill where you didn't get your period so like it's not as if I like missed a period or anything like I literally knew because I saw a TikTok of a baby and thought it was cute like cause I, in my head I was like there's no way I'm pregnant I'm on the pill like this can't be but also like I need to take a test right now I ended up being pregnant which was crazy I remember I went into the, my bathroom did the test and then my like boyfriend at the time was sat on the sofa and I was like oh like it's gonna give me the ick if I go out here and I don't know why I thought I this I'm a fucking I was a child I still am a child in my head I know I'm 21 so I'm technically not but like I was just very like immature but I was like I don't want to go out and him be like I'll support you in whatever you do and like try and make it really emotional because I was like I don't want I don't want to feel emotional about this like um I know it, it can really like as you said it was life-changing for you and it can really affect I mean it, it, it was life-changing for me because if I hadn't done it then my life would very much have changed but it's a it's a big decision for some people to do it but like for me it was very much a I'm not ready for a child like I'm just gonna take this pill this abortion pill and like move on from this like I, I didn't want to like make it really really emotional I, I like and I knew as well like I knew I was pregnant because of this TikTok so I was like I'm not I wasn't even shocked when it said I was pregnant on the little pregnancy test um so I remember I was like I don't want him to like make it a big deal and make it really emotional and be like I'll support you in whatever you do and like I'm here for you so I was like fuck this and like I, I, while I was still in the bathroom I booked my like appointment with the doctor like to get the abortion done went back out told him and he was like uh, I'll support you and I was like it's done I booked it let's not make this a thing <laughs> but I, f- I found out pretty early on it had only been like a month or two so I was able to just take a pill and it was super simple well it should have been I ring up the doctor the next day and usually um, well I actually was I went private because I was like I, I I didn't even know where to go I didn't want to go to the hospital and be sat in the waiting room and then like one of you guys be in there I don't know why I thought that was gonna happen so I was like I'll just go private and it was like 200 quid or something which obviously like not everyone has 200 quid to spend on getting a private one but anyway I went private usually with this when you go private I don't know I'm not sure what it's like otherwise but all you have to do is you ring them up they have a phone consultation with you and they send out the medicine that you'd have to take to your house like you don't even have to fucking go to the doctors but he was obviously like oh like when did you like when was it conceived and I was like well I have no idea because I'm on the pill and he's like oh god like you need to come in then for like an an x-ray or not an x-ray an ultrasound um because we need to like to to give you the abortion pills we need to know when it was conceived just like for records right so he was like we'll be able to tell if we do an ultrasound so I had to go in um and I had to go in on my own they wouldn't let my boyfriend at the time come with me just in case he was like trying to influence my decision or something I assume that's like the protocol so I sit down in the bed at this point like again like it's this is all very chill for me like I'm not I wasn't emotional about anything I hadn't cried once I was like very I was in a good mind like mental state about the whole thing um, was a bit pissed off that I had to go to the doctors because it made it feel a little bit like real. But anyway, 
I've had an ultrasound before. I remember one time I like literally faked getting appendicitis in primary school just so I could like get out of school, get out of doing a test or something. And they did an ultrasound then to check my appendix. Obviously, it was completely fine. Um, but I knew what it was like. It was just like, you know, that cold thing, the gel they put in your stomach and then they do that. So I sit down and they're like, eh, it's an internal ultrasound. And I was like, what the fuck is that? They, sh- they, they, they put something up you. Like they put like a big wand up you. Scary. So I'm sat there already a bit like, oh, this is the first time I've ever had something. This is way before I got my copper coil. Obviously, that's the reason I got my copper coil. God, I lied to you. The reason I got my copper coil was because I couldn't fucking rely on the pill anymore because I got pregnant off it. Anyway, they put this big wand inside me. I'm feeling, oh, I'm on my own, whatever. But there was the doctor was lovely anyway. He's like, yeah, so then we got the fetus is like, I don't even, I can't remember what he said. He was like, the fetus is like three millimeters and then the other fetus is six millimeters. And I was like, what did you just say, mister? What was that? Did you say the other one? He's like, yeah. You got twins. I was like, oh my God. <laughs> what the fuck? Yeah, I was like the, like the one moment I didn't cry, okay? I pat myself on the back for this. I didn't cry. I've actually like, yeah, whatever. Um, My eyes stung a little bit. I was like, why have you fucking told me that as well? Like, but also crazy. How crazy? And I was just sat there on my own like, my boyfriend's never gonna believe this. Twins. I had twins. I was that was like the one like shocking thing in that whole story. That and the fact that I knew I was pregnant from a TikTok. But then he gave me my pills. I went on my way. I had like a bad period. Um, and it was all sorted. So I was very lucky because not everyone is able to. I'm like people live in countries where that's not even legal. Fuck where I'm from, it's not even legal. If this happened in Belfast, I'd be fucked. We only got abortion, like, okay, no, we got abortion, like, two years, three years ago. Um, But before that, it was illegal. So I'm very, very lucky that where I am, it was legal and that I had access to it. Um, But, yeah, that was my story. Uh, I guess it was kind of life-changing. It would have been more life-changing if I hadn't have done it. (laughs) But, yeah, like, it's so weird because my ex had no twins in his family and I have no twins in my family, so... Don't know why I had twins. I'm hoping. Well, actually, I don't know. But I'm, I was gonna say I'm hoping that that's not like a thing that, like maybe like now when I actually decide to have babies, I'm like gonna have twins. Hope not. I could not deal with that. I could barely deal with one baby. Definitely couldn't deal with two. Um, but that's my story. <laughs> that's. I feel like that's quite a good story. It's not a good story. And honestly, it's. I feel bad. Like I like. I tell that story really like lightheartedly and I know that it's, I feel kind of grim doing that because I know that it's actually a really horrible experience for some people and it's like a really really like horrible life decision to make and all that stuff but it was quite chill for me um except for the twins thing that was fucked up okay guys I'm gonna head off now I'm honestly I've, I've been to the gym this morning right woke up really early went to the gym not to not to brag um but I'm considering going again and like maybe like there's like these like this is a little boxing section in the gym that well to be fair, I've never seen a girl there it's always boys but I'm honestly thinking that that might be something that I should do go hit a boxing bag a punch punching bag and just let out I'm all fucking anger I've got so much anger in me like I've been up so early I didn't have much sleep last night because I had massive FOMO because um my friends were in LA as I said and who are they hanging out with? Not like they were hanging out with other people who happened to be hanging out with him, my fucking ex. So obviously I was sat up all night stressing. I didn't get much sleep, so I haven't had much sleep, but I've got anger coursing through my veins, adrenaline coursing through my veins. I 
I'm ready to run a marathon probably. So I'm thinking maybe I'll just go back to the gym, release some anger. Don't know. Um, that's what I'm gonna do tonight. Anyway, I hope you enjoyed. Next time I speak to you, I will be in recovery from my boob job. So wish me luck. Okay, love you. Bye. Inner Monologue is a Spotify original podcast produced by Spirit Studios with Raymond Tanner as a producer and Maeve Schaffer as the editor. And from Spotify, the executive producer is Rihanna Coleman. 